Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are the creator of all that we can see, smell, and touch, Heavenly Father. Your creation is astounding to us, Heavenly Father, as we look into the heavens and we cannot count the stars. It declares you, Heavenly Father, as our creator. Heavenly Father, as we look to you to worship to you, Heavenly, today, we pray that everything that we do will be pleasing in thy sight. As we sing songs and praise in honor of you, Heavenly Father, we pray that our spirits will be intoxicated on those words, that we will study those words as we sing them, Heavenly Father, and not just worry about the melody. Lord, we pray that as we listen to the word that Kim brings to us in a few minutes, Lord, that we will look to learn how we can apply those things to our lives so that we may be better equipped to be soldiers in your kingdom. For Lord, we know we're at war. We are at war with the spirits, Heavenly Father, that wish to tear down you and your kingdom. And Lord, we are your soldiers on this earth. Let us equip ourselves for that, Heavenly Father, and be prepared for that. And no matter what Satan tries to do against us, Heavenly Father, let us stand firm in your faith. And Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you will be with this congregation, be with those that lead us, be with our elders and give them the wisdom they need to guide this church in the direction it should go, to protect us from everything that could ail us, Heavenly Father. Lord, be with the deacons as they serve. Give them the strength they need to carry out those tasks. And Lord, there are many members here that do countless works as part of your body. We pray that you'll bless those works, pray that you'll keep them and bless them throughout their life, Heavenly Father. Some things we may never know about, Lord, but you know about them, and those they serve know about them. Lord God, we are mindful that our country, Heavenly Father, is in times of struggle right now through a variety of issues. And Lord, you know what's best for us, and we know, Lord, that you bring rulers to power, and you also remove rulers from power. And Lord, what we have to trust in is that you're the one in control of it all, and that we will be taken care of through all of it. Lord, we know there are many sick from various ailments, Heavenly Father. We pray that you'll be with each one of them, Heavenly Father, in the way that they need. The names that are in our bulletin, the names that have not been mentioned to us, comfort them, Heavenly Father. Bless them. Help them to become well. Be with all those that have lost loved ones, Heavenly Father. Comfort those families. Let them know, Heavenly Father, as long as they are in you, there is always hope. And Lord God, we thank you again for your Son for dying on the cross. It gives us a chance to have salvation in you. We thank you for him, Lord. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. In servant song, 900, sorry, 694. Psalm before the lesson will be number 23. Our God, he is alive. There is the
I'll be reading from the King James Version. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. The following scripture says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard them? God also bearing them with witness, both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Thank you so much, Ethan, for reading that text for us. And good morning to everybody. I trust you've had a great week and you're looking forward to the start of a new week with plenty of opportunities for you to exercise your faith. Yes, yes, that's great. I love to hear that. We have a lot of sick people and I appreciate Jonathan remembering them and there are a lot of names in our bulletin and he mentioned people that we don't even know about yet. Maybe we haven't heard about. And uh, Martha wrote this note about David Yates. And she wanted me to share this with you so that we can be praying for him. Uh, David, and th this is Harley's dad, he's at the University Hospital in Jackson, Mississippi. He is in critical condition. Pray for his physical and mental condition. He's dealing with a lot of infection right now. It's rampant in his body. And we are praying that he can recover from this latest bout with his health. We're here to serve and worship God. So let's, let's do just that. Appreciate so much what you've been doing, participating with our singing, the praying, as we will study God's word together, another aspect of our worship. And soon we'll be remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, primarily his death and the body and the blood, and then be given an opportunity later to give of our means as we have purposed in our hearts. I hope you've prepared yourself as you came here today and that this will just facilitate what you are already planning to do, and that is to lift up God. Let's pray together, and then we will look at God's word for our instructions today. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for this privilege, for this time of worship we've already been experiencing, and for these vehicles through which we can worship, the songs that we sing, the words that have been spoken in prayer, and now as we enter into a, a time of meditation and study upon your word, I pray that it will be effective, not just in facilitating our worship and glorification of you, but also in offering direction for us in our path this week. We pray, Father, that you will bless us in these endeavors and that you will find these offerings uh, a sweetness to you. We thank you for Jesus and for what he means to all of us, specifically each individual, and for all that we can attest to of our deliverance from sin and death. We thank you, Lord, now for your blessing of our health and strength that makes possible our assembling here. 
but we know of so many that are not yet able to be here and those who are suffering terribly with illness. And today we think of David in his bout with his health. We pray for mental and physical strength as he can endure this and for his family as they're emotionally upset about these things. We also pray not only for his deliverance, but motivate us as members in this body to see to these needs. We pray, Father, that you'll bless us as we open your word. Help me to communicate it in a way that uh, reveals the truth is clear and elicits passion in all of us. And I pray for the hearers that they can respond to the message that you provide in your word in the many ways, Lord, that you demonstrate your participation in the moments and days of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, tomorrow is special for a lot of us because it's a holiday. We call it Labor Day. Labor Day was instituted with the purpose of putting the attention on the American worker. All that the American worker contributes to our society, how that all of this labor and ingenuity and dedication contributes to a strong economy and all of that. I'm a little fascinated that we would have a Labor Day in which most of us do not labor, <laughs> but that's beside the point. It is a time, I guess, of reflection. So you can reflect on that, as many, I find out, do throughout different times in the year. We're not the only ones who celebrate the worker and the contributions that workers make. We're just one of many, and certainly we benefit from a strong workforce. But today is not that day. Today is the first day of the week, the day in which we honor and glorify our Father in heaven. But you will not be surprised that just as much as maybe we're thinking about a Labor Day and all that laborers do, so on the first day of the week, we cannot help but face the reality that God is always at work. In fact, God is not just at work on a special day or when we give attention to him, like on a day, the first day of the week, with the intention of worshiping him in spirit and in truth, of glorifying him in our acts of worship, but that God is involved in every single moment of our lives. In fact, as we're going to see today, God is at work moment by moment, day by day, and from this moment right here, from here to eternity, to the very last day that we take our breath, God is still at work in our lives, if we will allow it. And God is going to work in this world whether we participate or not. However, I want that to be our question today. I want us to be asking ourselves if we truly are plugged into that concept. That just as God has a particular plan, a particular purpose in place, I want us to ask ourselves, are we a part of that? Do we lend ourselves to God's use in the accomplishment of His plans and His purposes? I want to break it down just as I outlined it for you just a second ago. And think about God's work moment by moment, day by day, and from right here in this moment to eternity. Listen, God works moment 
by moment. God's involved in guiding us moment by moment. Very intimately involved in that process. An example of that I would use, which is in a much grander scale. There's a statement in the book of Numbers, chapter 9 and verse 23, that talks about how God interacted with his people as he was leading them about in their wilderness wanderings. In that verse, it says that when God gave the command, they were in encampment. And when God gave the command, they journeyed. In other words, when God said, stop and stay right here, that's exactly what they did. And when God said, it's time to get up and go, well, that's what they did. They heeded the word of God. God spoke and they moved. In the moment that he smoked, there was not a, a debate about it. There wasn't some question as to what he meant. It's just that when God gave the word in the moment, the people dropped everything else that was of importance to them. And they heeded the word of the Lord. That was actually physically manifested for the people. God demonstrated it in a physical way so that the people would have no question as to what God was intending. So in the daytime, when people could see visually, they were struck by the presence of a pillar of cloud or smoke. When they saw that, they knew either to go or, or to stay. Even at night, God's instructions were very clear. He manifested His presence with them, His work of guidance, by a pillar of fire. So if the pillar of fire was stationary, they stayed. They were in encampment. The pillar of fire moved. It was time to journey. Now that's a simple thing. I wonder, what does God want me to do? They could just look at the physical manifestation and know exactly what God intended for them to do. You and I, if we're part of the purposes and the plan of God, we also have direction. We also, in one way or another, are instructed to go or to stay. You and I, on our own, apart from God, do not have the wisdom, do not have the foresight, don't understand the big picture enough to decide on our own whether we should encamp or whether we should journey. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 10, verse 23, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. As smart as we might think we are, as informed as we try to be, there isn't enough for us to know regarding the will and the purposes of God to just set our own path. To do so will ultimately lead to selfishness on our part or really the execution of our own will to the extent that we lose focus of what God's intention was from the very beginning. Jesus was very strong in his description of the choices that we make about the life that we live. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way which leads to destruction, and there are many who find it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few 
who find it. Now, very simply stated, there are very few people who will take the time to investigate what it is God actually wants them to do and are more inclined to do what they intend to do for themselves. Motivated not out of a desire to follow God's instruction, but more of a desire to fulfill their own desires. In the moment, well, here we are. We are in a moment. Now, certainly we're in the moment of worship, but most of us in this moment of worship are also somewhere in our lives, right? There's something going on with us. I just read a note about a loved one, loved one that's ill. Well, there is this moment in which I'm worshiping and praising God, but even in that moment, I can't help but be affected, Right? Maybe, maybe my worship of God, because of these extraneous circumstances, becomes more focused and intense. I, I want God to know how much I love and adore Him, and, oh, by the way, my situation. M maybe we act like that, but we are in a moment of some type. Sometimes we're in a difficult moment, and we want to cry out to God to help us. Sometimes we're in an easy moment and we're thinking about what's going to happen next. And as regards that, I'm thinking that when we are in the moment, we ought not be asking the question, Lord, what's the next thing? Sometimes we'll go out to the restaurant with friends. We'll be eating the meal that we had planned to eat. And as we're eating that meal, we start talking about, where are we going to go next time? Wait, let's stop, and, let's stop and enjoy what we're doing right now. Why aren't we talking about something else? That happens to us spiritually. Maybe we're winding down something that we believe is, is a great work for the Lord. Boy, this went terrific. What's the next thing? You know, we're just moving ahead on the Lord. In Israel's case, as should be in our case, there are moments when we need to just stop. We're right here right now. So Lord, not just what is it you want me to do next, or how are we going from here to there, but Lord, in this moment right now, whether this is a hard moment that I wish I could go ahead and transcend and move on to something else, or whether it is I'm winding this thing down and Lord, I'm looking for the next challenge, how about let's just stop in the moment, wherever it is. And ask, Lord, what about right now? What do I do in this moment I have right now? Not moving forward, just attentive. What should I be doing? In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, that text says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. God is constantly involved in work. But don't miss the fact that God is in the moments of our lives. Okay, so God's in the moment. He, he's with me here right and now. But God is also working day by day. What I mean by that is that God is involved in the everyday events of our lives. 
Now, I want, to use, I want to use as an illustration, I guess, an event that maybe most of us would say is not really an everyday event when we look at it. Because when we look at it, we recognize it as one of the moments. In fact, it is the moment of Esther and the decision that she is going to make as to whether she is going to go to King Xerxes and stand up for her own people. It is that moment in a day in which there is much heart-wrenching decision. There is much emotion involved in it. What's the right thing to do? And all of this is not hinging on the actions of a lot of people. This is hinging on the actions of just one person whose action will affect an entire nation. Talk about a day. So in this day, according to Esther chapter 4 and verse 14, Mordecai comes to her. And he makes it about as plain as he can for her, but I'm thinking probably in some ways the same for us. He says, if you choose not to say anything, if you remain silent, then that's okay. Because God will bring about relief and deliverance for his people from someone else. But you and your father's house, you'll perish. Yet, he says, you know, in contrast to that, let's think of it a different way. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You can choose in this day how it is that you are going to act. You can determine whether or not you are going to subscribe to the plan and the purposes of God or not. You can decide whether you're going to make the hard choices today that'll benefit your circumstance or maybe the circumstance of many, perhaps affect the benefit, the value of the church right here in Boonville. You can choose what it is you're going to do. But if you choose not, if you choose to back off of it, choose not to accept the opportunity, slam the door, then God is going to see because of the continuing of his purposes he is going to see that the outcome is in his favor. He is going to see his plan come to fruition. And then you will have been on the outside looking in. You, you ever seen somebody do a particular work or involved in something and you said, boy, you know, that could have been me. Truth is, if that opportunity had been before you and you refused it, absolutely yes. It could have been you. In fact, Scripture's maybe, I guess, a little harder than that on us. Because I come along and I'm given the opportunity, I say no. James says, James chapter 4, verse 17, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it's sin. That is, I, I, I knew, I knew this was it. Here's, here's the thing. I, I'm equipped for this. I can act on this, but I refuse. I want that to pass on to somebody else. No, I've not only refused, I brought sin. I, I've transgressed. I, I gave up on what I knew I should have done. Or, as regards our work 
in the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there's no work or device or wisdom or knowledge in the grave where you're going. In other words, those opportunities come and they pass. When they come, take hold of that. It's right there in your hand. Grasp it. Because when you die, the opportunity will have been passed and you will have missed it. So God works in the day to day. You say, well, Ken, as much as, as much as that thing maybe was in my hand, as much as that opportunity was there, I, honestly, I'll tell you, I was, I was just afraid. You know what courage is? Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is acting in spite of the fear. So I'm afraid. Uh, okay, peace. I think a lot, of, a lot of characters of Scripture who faced their mountains of life, no doubt there was great fear, but their trust in God overcame the fear. And so that's all right. Grasp that opportunity afraid. But make a commitment right now, encourage not to withdraw from it. Not to become selfish in it as though I'm turning this thing to my advantage. Certainly not wallowing around in despair. And please definitely not, don't stand with that thing in your hand thinking, if I wait long enough, maybe God will come along and take care of it for me. Because stop right there for a second. Who was God expecting to take care of the deliverance of the Jews? You say, well, God was delivering the Jews. But more specifically, how was God doing it in that day? Well, the intention was to do it through Esther. Esther has a moment to act. Mordecai says, if you don't do that, it's not like, well, we'll just sit and wait this thing out and see how it goes. And if... If in the very last month, if I need to act then, you know, maybe, maybe. No. Mordecai says, if you're not going to do it, God will raise up somebody. Yeah, God's going to accomplish this task, but he's going to use somebody to do it. Now, God is working something around you. Maybe he's placed that thing in your hands. You could act right now, but you're like, well, I'll just wait and see. Maybe God will take care of this. Question, who do you think he's planning to take care of it through? It's probably you. And if you don't act, then sure enough, it's going to get done, but it will have gotten done through someone else, and you will have missed your opportunity. God is always working, and God is working day by day, and He is in expectation that we are going to join Him in that work. So, I see God in the moments of my life. I see God specifically in the days of our lives. But I'm telling you, there isn't just a moment or a day in which that happens. God is active in His work from right now all the way to eternity. 
From this moment, as we easily gather one breath and exhale it from our bodies, until that moment in time when we take our last breath, exhale it, and the physical life is over, and we slip into eternity, God is continually at work. And so as God is at work, I'm thinking, okay, from here to eternity, I have to have this mindset that I'm just, I'm in love with God. And if I'm going to be a part and parcel, uh, parcel to the work of God, the accomplishment of his purposes, then I've got to set my mind to just, to just love his instruction. You know, I'm going to be willingly obedient to the Lord. I'm just giving myself over to it. I think of how, what is, I guess, the most emotionally charged book of the Bible, the Psalms. I think how those psalms begin, and it gets to the very notion of the kind of heart that a person has, and the application of one's tendencies toward obedience or disobedience. Psalm number one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He isn't misled by the directions of others or the tendency of his culture or society. His mind is firmly set on the instruction that the Word of God gives. And he loves it. You know, he meditates on it day and night. As much as his intention to live is, so is his intention to feed his spirit with the Word of God. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That path is the one that we are on from right now until eternity begins. You say, well, that all sounds great, but, you know, what, what, if, what if I'm just not inclined to obey? Or certainly not willingly obey? What about that? Well, that text from Hebrews chapter 2, he says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. According to his own will. God has done everything that he could possibly do in order to undergird and support the truth and to impress us with that truth and to lead us to belief. And how is it that having believed, we would wander away from it? Look. You say, I'm not inclined to obey. Really? Because I don't really have a positive word for you. I don't come here saying, well, that's okay, peace. You know, some of us just don't get into it. That's not, that's not an option. If my intention is to be a part of the plan of God, if my intention is to be a part of the purposes of God, then it isn't an optional thing for me. I, I'm, I'm going to submit myself to his leading in Scripture. I'm just, I'm doing that. You say, well, there are these battles, these spiritual battles that I face, and can I, you know, I, I just... Well, there again, 
James 4, 7 and following, submit to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Submit to God. Submit to his purposes. Submit to his plan. What's he wanting out of me? Well, if I will give due diligence to that willingly obedient thing, then what he's really aspiring to do with me is to conform me to the image of Christ. Romans 8, verse 29. I'm going to be you know, empowered by the Word of God because Hebrews 4.12 says that it's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Joints and marrow is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That word is going to keep me on track and keep me accountable. And then others will help keep me accountable too. I look to the influence and the example of those who are Christ-like as disciples of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. Christ is the standard, the pattern that I'm seeking to emulate, to be transformed into. Talk about transformation. That's my sacrificial living, right? That's what Jesus intended to do and accomplished. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. He did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. If I'm going to be a servant like Jesus, then Luke chapter 9, verse 23, I'm going to humble myself, empty myself. I'm going to take up his cross every single day and follow him. That kind of commitment is a real transformation, right? So Romans 12, beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's, it's the right thing. That's what's expected of us. God's busy. He's at work in every single moment, and we're in a moment now. He's at work day by day. The everyday experiences that we face, God's right there in the mix of it. He's with us from this moment and this day all the way to eternity. God doesn't let up. He perseveres. He continues in His work. The question that we ask ourselves today is, is that what I subscribe to? Am I submitting myself to his purposes? Am I committing myself to his way? Today, if you're a child of God, I know you already made that commitment. You did that in your obedience to the gospel. But maybe, maybe you've wandered from the path, you strayed some way. There's no easy word there. You can't just stay on the outside. You've got to come back. So today, if you need to repent of something, confess that. Come forward this morning. If you're a child of God and 
you struggle, then you need our prayers, uh, come and let us know about that. We'll pray with you and encourage you. If you're not a child of God today, today gives you the opportunity to put aside sin, which brings death, to have those sins washed away by the blood of Jesus through obedience to the gospel. Having repented of your sins and confessed your faith, you can be buried in water today, have your sins washed away, rise in newness of life. Then you can begin your walk moment by moment, day by day, from this right here until eternity. Is anybody who needs to respond for any reason, now's your opportunity. Why don't you come if you need to while we stand and sing together? <clears throat> Lord, make me a
unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my hearts and minds for the Lord's Supper, we'll sing number 315, When I Survey the Cross. When I
Somebody's way ahead of me, I see. Anyone that doesn't have their emblems, if you raise your hand, you will be served. Would you bow with me now as we offer thanks for the bread? Our Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful for this bread, which represents the body that was broken on Calvary's cross. We pray, Father, that as we partake of it, that we would remember the Lord that gave his life, that we might live. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. bear with me again. In like manner, Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this cup, the fruit of the vine, which represents the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. Help us to realize how important that event was. Realize without the shedding of blood, there would be no remission of sins. Help us always to be grateful for the sacrifice that was made, and help us to remember that not only every first day of the week, but every day of our lives. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Separate and apart from the Lord's Supper, 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, tells us that we're to give upon the first day of the week. We now have that opportunity. If you'll look at the screen behind me, I assume there's different ways that you might consider to give of your means. If you would, bow with me and we'll offer thanks for the blessings that God has given us. Our Heavenly Father, we are thankful to you for all the blessings of life. We are thankful for the country in which we live, for the opportunities that we have, the freedoms that we have, the ability to... Uh, work and to provide for our families and to, to provide for the spreading of the gospel. And we pray, Father, that as we give back a portion of that you've blessed us with, that we would do so in a cheerful manner. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. The eldership had asked that each of us uh, consider the outstanding debt that the congregation has and make a special contribution. We did that last week. I just would like to report to you that the contribution last week was $41,361. The eldership thanks you for your sacrifice. Well, Brandon comes real quick. I just wanted to kind of explain if you've seen in the bulletin or anywhere on some, maybe some posts posted around here, uh, this singing in the shed that we're planning for September the 18th. Uh, so it is the first hour of it is going to be focused on youth. I've invited people from around the area. Uh, it's going to be over here. We're going to have the screen set up under the bus shed. Uh, people bring lawn chairs. We'll sit outside, gather around. We're just going to sing. Um, 
but that first hour is youth focused. But I want everyone to know that you're all invited. Like anybody can come. And then after we have the refreshments, we're just gonna we'll just keep singing as long as we want to, I guess. And uh, if you wanna if you wanna lead some songs or if you wanna request some songs, you can do that. It's gonna be very informal. Uh, but just uh, Saturday night, the 18th, is just gonna be a period of singing. And um, so I hope that we will see you there. Last but not least, certainly not least, uh, glad that you're here this morning. want to welcome everyone. If you're visiting with us, and we do have some visitors, we're glad you're here. Invite you back anytime you can come. We had 185 in attendance uh, this for our 1030 service. Uh, just a few announcements. Again, remember the uh, sick list that we have. Keep those in your prayers and, and help those that we can. I do have a card. Uh, this says, thank you for your expression of sympathy. This card is from the family of Betty Livingston. Now I'll read that. Dear church family, words cannot express the appreciation we have for each of you. Thank you for all the cards, visits, letters, and food, but especially the prayers you sent up for Betty and her family. Please continue to keep us in your prayers in the coming days if we miss Betty. She suffered so much on this earth, it gives us comfort that she is at rest and in no more pain. And Christian love the family of Betty Livingston. So please remember them in your prayers. Uh, just a few other announcements. If you have the bulletin, I'll just call your attention to that. Our Sunday devotionals at Landmark Nursing uh, will resume today at 4. If you're willing to help with that ministry, please see Jim Estes. Uh, also, the Tuesday morning ladies class will resume this coming Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. In the annex, the food pantry item is canned pastas. And also, we have a group going to work in the Churches of Christ Disaster Relief Warehouse this week. Uh, we'll be leaving Thursday afternoon. We'll work on Friday and then return, uh, return home on Friday evening. Again, you can see Jim Estes if you can help with this. And we'll also be giving them a $5,000 donation that day. That's all the announcements I have. If you would, please bow with me, and we'll be dismissed in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day that we've had to be together. We're thankful for each person in attendance and those uh, may be sick that couldn't be here, but we pray for them and, and our, those who are on our sick list that they could be back with us soon. Pray, Father, you be with us as we go out into the world to, to uh, shine our light and help us, uh, give us strength as we go out into the world to be the Christians we need to be. Uh, we're thankful for this service that we've had, and we pray that everything that we've said, everything that we've done has been pleasing to you. We give you all the glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs>